your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. We're on episode 81. This is Adam alongside with Travis and Jay. And uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing good. We're good. We're here. We are here. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely. Well, Just didn't barely want to here. For, for two weeks. Yeah. That's true. This is a couple straight Wednesdays now. It's been like down to the wire on if we're recording or not. Yeah. yeah today it was happens. like six or something. I think we finally made the call. We are. But <laughs> yep. eh, so goes. I know that's why the questions got out a little late, but that's all right. We sorry. Still got we still got plenty. We're good. Um, And then we will have to discuss. We still got some time, but I did, we got to figure out if we're going to try and record. Maybe we have to leave this to our listeners. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. Uh, when I go on that trip, I'll be gone for two weeks. Mm. Dang. When is that? Uh, we leave Memorial Day weekend, and I believe we come back. Where's my phone? I believe we come back June 11th, wow. 10th or 11th. So we're gone basically the first two weeks. Yeah. So we'll be hitting Colorado um for a couple days and then we'll be hitting moab for a couple days and then we'll be back nice that should be fun yeah it was one of those things like i didn't really want to like say anything too much because we're still kind of like feeling it out because um you know like with everything going on we just weren't sure if we're gonna have to cancel the trip but it looks like everything's staying the way it is we're renting an rv oh wow yep we're renting an rv and we're driving michelle's jeep i kind of like fought her tooth and nail but i told her you know what that thing didn't get all pimped out just to sit in the garage we're gonna take that thing to moab fair enough time to break stuff (laughs) no we're not gonna do anything crazy because it still has to be driven all the way back now if i was trailering it out there that'd be a whole different story i'd be like send it until you can't send it anymore why aren't you trailering it oh just because being the fact that we're going there'll be five of us it'll be me and michelle uh, her son and then um, her parents. So five of us crammed in an RV. If something happens or in case like somebody's like, well, yeah, I don't feel like whatever. I want to go into town or I want to do this. It's kind of like a mission to drive that, you know, RV oh, into town. This way you have something else that you can just be like, all right, and just dip in and do something. So, yeah. Okay kind of the like really the only thing i don't like about having a rooftop tent camping is that once you get it set up it's like you're you're there <laughs> like you know like you, you don't just 
go to town and grab something to eat or whatever it's like a major process like folding it all up and stuff i mean it it takes like 45 minutes it's not like it's a long time but you, you know what we need to do we need to get you the money so you can get one of those clamshell ones well that or like honestly i i would really like to put it on some sort of trailer like some sort of utility trailer and have like a roof rack on it, you know, like make an overland style trailer basically with like a bunch of storage and like slide out kitchen and stuff. And then I can just unhook it and leave it. You know, honestly, the coolest thing for that, which I think would be the, the, like if you could find it, I don't know how easy it would be, but um, I've seen a couple of people around here, not that they use them for that, but in my mind, I think this would, you know, kind of fit all that, um, all those uh, criteria that you have in, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, if you find like an old beat up, like utility bed or like a truck that was, that has a utility bed and you chopped it off and made it into a trailer, you have all the storage compartments. It's completely, you know, you have all the different stuff. You can still have a center section, which is like a bed. And then you could have a rack system on it, put your rooftop tent on top and it's still towable. That's a really good idea actually. Because there's been a couple guys that I've seen around here locally that that's actually what they do for work. They just have a normal pickup truck that has like not even one toolbox on it. And they tow that with them to the job site has everything they need. Then they just park it in their yard or something like that at night. And uh, yeah. That's a pretty good idea. I might look into that then because we have like a little like flatbed utility trailer, but like building all the cabinets and stuff would be such a pain in the ass. But see, and then that's the other problem. So then you got to get into the building aspect and then like everybody always thinks like, which, you know, I've looked into too, because, um, you know, who doesn't want one of those little military trailers, but those things go for like an insane amount of money for what you're getting. Yeah. I thought that's what you're going to suggest actually at no. first. I was like, that'd be rad if I could find one that was cheap enough. But that's the problem. Everybody that has one of those little Bantam military trailers, they want like, you know, I think a minimum is like, I've seen them go for like 18 to 2200 bucks. Yeah. And honestly, and just, I'm too busy to take on another project like that just can't happen so so i still gotta get the truck wrapped and that's been a slow process yeah well that's kind of like i said why i mentioned the utility box is kind of already done it's already there it's already you know you just have to kind of like utilize it and really where i got that idea from was um we're talking like 20 years ago now um one of my dad's work trucks that he purchased uh, was from a family that bought a you they they bought the utility truck and they put a cab over camper in the bed of the utility truck so basically they could store all their stuff to go camping down in the boxes and they could actually sleep in the you know the cab over camper you know when they were out doing whatever and we all thought he was crazy when he came home with it because we're like why the heck do you have a camper he's like oh no that's for sale and you know, he's, which he sold. The only thing he was kind of bummed out about was this truck had a really long, like loading deck on the back of it. And he thought that was part of the, the cab over thing. Like, so he thought once he put the legs down and drove out, like it was going to be staying behind, it was going to stay with it. Well, it came with the truck and he was like, Whoa, this has a long flat bumper. Oh yeah. But other than that, I mean, the concept was pretty cool. Keep everything organized. Yeah, no, that would be. Or you really save up and you buy one of those like bajillion dollar uh, Patriot uh, 
overlanding oh, camper. God. Yeah, those are so rad, but Jesus, the price is crazy. You could buy an RV for what some of those go for. Oh, I know. I thought I remember when I first discovered that because I watched this thing on uh, YouTube called Overland X, and um, they, you know, they do all that stuff, and they're sponsored by Patriot Campers, and I'm like going. Oh, those are kind of cool. Like, you know, they may, you know, the, I like the the campers that they have. Let's, you know, let's check them out. Dude, I think the base before you even add half the stuff into it starts at like $35,000 and you're oh, like, yeah, it's crazy. You could buy a you could buy a rig to go overlanding in for that. Yeah. It, they have such rad stuff on that show though. I love watching that. Yeah, so but um I I yeah. think what's appealing with a lot of that is just a clever use of space. You know, like, yes. I think that's one of the things that I enjoy about watching that show is just seeing, like, all these really clever ideas and stuff that are just super, super practical. So, I don't know, like, I, that stuff just interests me. Yeah, no, I get it. And it kind of interests me, too, because it's like, I remember when I had the ambitions, because I wanted to turn the 94 into, like, a hybrid, because I got this idea, because there was a guy who lived up in, or he still does, but he lives up in... Where is that? He lives kind of like in like Pollock Pines area, um, Placerville kind of area. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a like, I want to say it was 2010-ish Toyota Tacoma on a, you know, 60 in the front, 14 bolt in the rear. The thing was like a complete beast. And then all of a sudden he built like a bed rack system to put, um, to put a rooftop tent on it. And it was kind of like weird because it's like, dude, this thing's totally a rock crawler. And then you just went and put a, you know, rooftop tent on it, which kind of totally changed the whole entire look of the truck. But it was still, it was weird because it was, like I said, most overlanding vehicles you see, they don't run 40 inch tall tires. They run like 35s max. Yeah. So it was like interesting, but he, it, some of the pictures he had with it all set up, it was, it was pretty trick. And, you know, he basically was like, well, when I go wheeling, if I don't feel like bringing a tent, I'll just, you know, we already have the rig. You might as well just flop it all down, sleep, and then fold it up in the morning and continue wheeling. That is pretty cool, really. Like, when you think about it, I mean, I don't know. There, I saw on Instagram a guy who had a pre-runner that had a rooftop tent on it. He just had it over the bed. And it was kind of a good idea, you know, but it just it looked kind of weird because it was like, well, how how fast are you planning on going now, you know, with, with all that on there. But like, he would just take off with like his wife and kid and go up in the mountains and go blast fire roads and stuff. And then they'd sleep in their tent and drive home. Just yeah. look, fun. look like a good time. Yeah. And then I remember that's what I wanted to do, especially when, um, you know, we knew that CKRC was closing and we figured, Oh, you know, Axial Fest is going to continue being it. Cisco so I was like well maybe I do need to turn the 94 into like the camping rig and I got to throw the you know rooftop tent on it in the bed and all this that and the other and then yeah ended up never doing any of it but I'm still on the fence part of me says like part of me says to do it but the other part says no and realistically right now I'm, I don't think I'm like our our area is completely set up for it because I can't leave a rooftop tent on that truck you know where it's parked I mean one brave soul will just take it in the middle of the night and I don't, and then you got to come up with a way to keep it super, you know, secure. So they're not ripping it off your truck. And yeah, it's like, that's true. 
And then I don't really have the setup to be like, Hey, I'm going to leave the rooftop tent here and I'll back underneath it, drop it on and clamp it on when I'm ready to use it. And quite frankly, we don't go like wheeling and camping enough to justify it right now. So that's yeah. why I kind of just went on the very, 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 very back burner. Understandable. They have a lot of uh, pretty reasonably priced. Uh oh, I think I just lost you guys. No, I'm here. No. Oh, okay. It went like dead quiet. Um, I don't know. Sorry, that threw me off. Never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> usually I can hear stuff in the background, but it was like dead quiet, like no static, no nothing. So I thought everybody was gone. No. Well, <clears throat> to be honest, I heard the train going by and I could hear it in my headphones. So I just hit my mute button just because I didn't know how obnoxious it would be. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. That works good. Yeah, was it? <laughs> yeah. There's still people commenting on our questions and stuff. Yeah, I'm grabbing <laughs> I was just, I got a notification. I was looking at it. I was like, man, it's still going. Like, we're going to be circling back around until it's all, all done. Yeah, I'm monitoring it. Monitoring. Monitoring. You're monitoring and assessing the situation. Yes. Um, Let's talk about the Enduro 24 giveaway really quick. No. All right. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He says no. Sorry. Yeah. Go for it. Um, okay. So I've got aluminum wheels for it. And I ordered some Falcon Wild Peak tires, the Wild Peak MTs, like what are on my truck from RC Four Wheel Drive. And they're kind of tall. So I need to show you guys like a picture basically at some point and decide if I take those tires off and put like the smaller ones on. Cause I found a while back, a set of really cool looking um, little Falcon wild peaks that used to come on the ECX barrage 24th scale. And like, if you scour eBay enough, you can still find them and they're pre-glued on wheels that look like uh Raceline monsters. Like they're kind of neat looking for plastic wheels, but like those, fit the forerunner body perfectly but i don't know if we should just like if i should cook those tires off and put them on the metal wheels or i don't, I don't know so we we need to figure it out so i need to send you guys some pictures of it and see what we want to do or if we leave it up to the listeners again like we did with the color and end up just doing two bodies for it instead okay yeah. So yeah. And I guess the other it. thing that I guess news if you want to talk about it. I mean you'd probably have more of an insight than I would, but it looks like Tekin's stepping into the battery game. Yes, we actually have some of those coming. Um so that'll be cool. Those look really nice. They're four cell that they have is crazy like it's got a little door that like covers up the female plugins for the balance plug leads like pretty rad like they look high-end like you would expect from Tekken. and so i've um i've got one of their crawler packs it's a 4200 uh graphene uh 3s that's coming so i'll be able to check that out and then um ty is sending some other goodies so we'll see how See how they go. They're pretty neat looking, though. I'm kind of excited to try them out. That'll be nice. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I for me, like, I don't know if I would get into the battery game just because of puffing and people not charging them right, and just it seems like there'd be a lot of like warranty headaches. So I think I was like a little surprised when I saw that they were gonna do that. But well, here's, here's my question. So, and it's all a theory that I have. So, do you know anything about a price point on those batteries yet? I do actually. I do. In Are you fact, allowed to share them or no? Uh, no, I think I can. One sec, let me get it pulled up here. Because I want to hear them, and if and if it's what I think, there is a reason why certain people get into the battery game, or they. It's how, in my opinion, it's how you kind of like choose your uh, your audience or your consumers. Gotcha. Uh, okay, no, they do not have retail pricing just yet. Okay, so I'll just say, here's my guess. In my opinion, when you look at those Tekken batteries, the first battery I think of that I would say is comparable to that or like what they're trying to enter that level in is something like Max Amps. Now, if you go on Max Amps website, their batteries are pretty pricey, but I believe there's a reason why they're pricey. You're getting higher quality materials. You're getting a higher quality product at the end of the day. So most likely the people they're going to spend their hard-earned dollars to buy expensive batteries, they're going to be kind of fluent in knowing how to charge, discharge, properly store, you know, and all that. So you're kind of driving your clientele to be a better clientele. Yeah, instead that makes like, sense. Instead of being like, oh, I'm going to put this battery out for like $20 and every Yahoo is going to go buy it, you know, for lack of yeah. better words. Yeah, if I was going to compare these, I'd probably compare them to like the Protec batteries. Okay. You know, because those are kind of another high-end battery, and that's kind of what these make me think of. You know, like they have a low-profile shorty, you know, that's like really, really thin, and then they've got a regular shorty. It's just I, I think my big concern and what surprised me with them entering the battery market was just drag racing you know like all the new people in drag racing that spend a lot of money on stuff and ruin things because they don't really you know like a lot of the drag racing guys are new to the hobby and so they trash a lot of equipment and stuff and don't really know anything yet and so i was kind of like oh man that's just gonna open a can of worms for you know basically it's just a drag guys racers and stuff i wouldn't expect any issues but the drag racing crowd is kind of where my concern lied yeah no i get what you're saying and i and, and to me it makes sense why you'd be concerned about it um because i mean the only story i really have to like kind of you know um i guess compare to or relate to is i uh back when we were with ckrc there they got into like buying batteries you know because our hobby shop and you know they had batteries from all ends of the spectrum like they they carried stuff such as like the gen ace they had some max amps um and then we had what they were calling you know their in-house brand the next level which was basically a rebranded you know chinese battery to you know blatant terms um they you know and it, at first everything was fine until they had an issue with one of those super cheap batteries. And then Dina was like, we are not selling another one of those damn batteries. I do not need a lawsuit <laughs> on our hands. Like 
she was like adamant. Like, so it was actually funny. So like, I got a handful of batteries, those batteries from them because she banned the sell of them out of the store. So she said, if you guys want to have them for free, no receipt, no nothing on anything, that's fine. You can have them, but we are not selling these things. Cause basically I guess what happened was somebody charged one and you know, they were charging it and it was charging in the garage and they were doing something else. And all of a sudden they smelled smoke and they turned around and the battery had, you know, went up in flames while they were, while it was charging on the bench. Jesus. And so she just freaked out and was like, Nope, Nope. So, yeah. So that would be like the reason why I wouldn't get into batteries because like if you're getting into something cheap, especially like a rebranded, you're just asking for it. Yeah. Liability issues are kind of, I don't know. We, we, had batteries for a while you know we had sourced them and stuff and like the four cells were really good like i i had some that were several years old that were still alive and kicking and doing okay so but it just one of the things that snuck up on us later on was import duties on them and so like we would get it all priced and stuff and you know be like okay you know and we're selling them and everything and then next thing you know we have like a 200 dollar bill from fedex for import duties and stuff and just like what the hell so we ended up stopping that but we didn't yeah. really have like warranty issues or anything though they were really good batteries i don't even remember who it was now but i mean they were they were really good hmm. yeah i mean i've had pretty good um I've had pretty good luck with most of my batteries. Um, of course, my cheaper batteries, they seem to be the first ones to puff, but they're still going the, strong. Most of the problems I've had has just been with Venom batteries. I, I think that was the last time I really? actually had a battery issue was Venom ones. Dude, I well, we were using them in four-wheel short course with like really high you current draw and stuff. Now that reminds me, we did have this talk before. Remember when some, it was a question that a listener had saying, what is a good budget-friendly battery? And I said, well, I'm be very careful how I answer this because if you go too budget, you're risking whatever. And then I mentioned that I've run Venom and that's when you were, I think both you and Travis were like, well, I'm yeah. shocked to mention Venom because we've had nothing but issues with Venom. Yeah, so, the plugs would melt and come unsoldered and stuff like the bullet plugs in them and yeah. everything. We, but <clears throat> I, I think this. a lot of that was the power systems we were running. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, for me, kind of max amps too. I'll get into that at a different time. I I never see racers using max amps. Yeah. Notice that you notice that Trav like yeah off road non road racers you don't see Basically, like the drag racing guys obviously nowhere but like one corner of the hobby uses them and I there's a reason for that I think it's like more basher oriented yeah I'll, I'll get into it at a different time I have to prepare my argument eloquently otherwise I'll get destroyed in comments so I know there's a lot of people who like them. Yeah, we have, well, I don't know. I mean, we have some pretty reasonable listeners though that don't like don't just think we're attacking shit for the sake of attacking it. You know, like I mean, I've said like some stuff about some of the J Concepts crawler bodies and nobody's like freaked out about it or anything. And I think everybody knows that I'm not trying to be mean or a dick about it. It's just talk, you know. I mean, it there's there's no like malevolent thing behind it you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean i want to um i mean i've always wanted to try 
max amps just like to give it a shot like you know just like all right but the thing that's always kind of kept me from doing it was the price because it's like you know i'm one of those i like to run at least of you know four thousand you know so four to five thousand is like my like go-to range and when you go and look at some of those at that price you're paying like 80 bucks a battery and that's for a soft case that's not even that's not even a hard case so i like make hard packs yeah they do oh i thought they only had soft packs for some reason i don't know it's it's one of those brands that i just never really think about you know one uh some of their um i think some of their their bullet style ones are hard case probably so yeah no i'm just not not super familiar well do we want to tear into some questions sure all right First one is from Nick LaRusso. He says, why do drag bodies look so short in fat proportions wise compared to the other scale bodies? That's a great question. It's um, an easy, it's an, with an easy answer. Well, I'll be curious to hear what you say, because I have some that are narrow, like the Nova is fairly narrow. The, the Proline uh, Cuda body is super, super narrow. And I really, really like how those look. And then you've got, J concepts on the other end of the spectrum where they're all really short and really wide and they look like they look like you wouldn't even need buggy arms on the drag car it looks like you could just run short course arms like the J concepts Cadillac is super wide and I don't get it yeah so my whole thing with this is I is because most of those bodies are designed for something like a slash or a bandit, which is already a wide car. And with the rules being that the tires must be under the body, I believe that's why they usually make them typically wider than they really need to be because they know they're already going on a wide platform. <clears throat> and then that's why they seem to be disproportionate compared to like, you know, if you're getting something scale for like a crawler or whatever. But I haven't seen a no prep drag car yet that doesn't have buggy arms on it though. Like everything I've seen are super, super narrow chassis and narrow track width. Well, and so that that's what I don't get. In the beginning, depending on the body you get, like it wasn't necessarily mandated that you had to run buggy arms. So depending on the body you had, you could run short course arms and just not change those because of the track width. Was that the reason behind like the Cadillac and stuff? Yeah, it was part of it. Oh, okay. Between that and the S10 and them being basically just like pan car proportions, just hilarious. Yeah, they look weird. Yeah. I'm actually pretty happy that Proline designed theirs the way that they did because they are narrow. So I think it looks better. I don't know. But the, the only other thing I could think of was arrow, you know, just making sure all of the tires covered so that way it's better arrow, maybe. Maybe that's why they did some wide. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a good question though. Yeah. But that's always been my thing is just to cover the tires and all that stuff was always been my, cause like, I mean, if you look at any of them, like I have the pro I, yeah, I have the pro line C10, I think. Or is that a, or is that a J J concepts? Oh, maybe it is J concepts. Yeah, but that thing's like super wide. Like, I mean, it is. I forgot about that one. So, but, strange. Yeah. 
Um, Eli Hazen <laughs> wins Jay's date with the axe lady. Oh, man. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> never. I, I don't know. I'll need to make sure that I'm well armed if if something happens. I I swipe left, obviously, though. So I think that that, that chance has come and gone unless I just bump into her somewhere and she decides she wants to battle. <laughs> sketchy to I, say the least <laughs> i can see it now it's gonna be like an episode it's gonna be like a thing of like mortal combat she'll bump into you and then all of a sudden the theme song will bust out and then you have to finish him <laughs> <laughs> walking out of a 7-eleven and all the, just all of a sudden there's just this crazy ass music starts playing and turn around and sitting there with her pack of menthols ready to go yeah. When will LH? Huh. Interesting. What? Oh, I was just reading a thing that Eric had posted. We'll oh, get to it. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> um, Sean Russ, and he says, How much overdrive do you think in the element gatekeeper for going fast? Uh, none. None for 20. Having a tough time reading this. I'll just read it the way he wrote it. None twenty eight fifty two stock twenty seven fifty three or option two twenty six fifty four. Um, I would just do their highest option, the eleven point three or whatever it is. Mm. I I haven't had any kind of weird binding issues or anything like that with having overdrive in a gatekeeper. Like it still goes plenty fast. You know, but I I also don't go nuts on overdrive after the last experience that I had with like twenty five percent overdrive. Like just where we drive here, there's so much grip that it created so much binding between the front and the rear wheels that it ended up smoking motors. And so now I just do, you know, with that that wasn't with an element that was with the HPI Venture and Deadlock Racing had a twenty five percent overdrive transfer case, and it, it was just too much. I mean, it was like you couldn't even drive it in the parking lot; like the thing would just get smoking hot because of it trying to like drag the front or excuse me, drag the rear wheels so much and everything. So I don't know. I I stay away from crazy overdrive because of the problems that it can create. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. <clears throat> Um, Ziggy Bordenemy, he says, would it be possible to build a scale sand rail slash dune buggy with the full on 80 style tube frame and fake VW engine out the back looking to do a tribute build and want an old school dune buggy? Check out James Knight. Uh, he has done some really awesome Tamiya based, uh, doom buggy builds. So I would check out the stuff that he's done. He offers a ton of different parts for him. Um, motors, seats, driver figures, I mean, wheels. So I would, when it comes to doom buggy stuff, for sure, hit up Nike customs, look at their, uh, Shapeway store because there is way more stuff for him than you would think there would be offered. Yeah. I second that. Yeah, I was also going to say there used to be a guy, I have to look it up. There was a guy who was, that's all he was doing. He was making scale sand rail, um, you know, chassis. And I forget what he was basing them off of. He was using, because he, he was trying to keep it like scale. So I think he was using some sort of like, I want to say a bandit or some sort of a um, 
IFS front end, but with a solid rear um, and, vi and vice versa. Then I think he also made one designed to go on a certain car. So it was just easy. Um, but I haven't seen any of his stuff pop up in years, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick LaRusso again, he says, how much wood could that scale RC show Chuck? If that scale RC show could Chuck wood. Not have arthritis. There's no chucking. Not much. I'd probably blow my back out. Yeah. Same yeah. here. All right. So <laughs> there you go. Sorry. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, do you think that scale crawler slash trail truck are going out and comp rigs are making a big comeback? What say you? I agree with, I, I don't think trail trucks and stuff and scale trucks are going out, but there is definitely a massive resurgence in comp style builds. Suddenly even, everybody wants a flat rail and desert lizards. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And I don't know if these guys are comping or they just like the way that they look when they throw them together. But um, yeah, no, I've, I've noticed that too. And it I, there's a yeah. huge increase in popularity i don't think it's people necessarily intending to comp with it i think people are just like coming out Wanting of the gate performance obsessed with performance yeah i think yeah. that's what's happening i think it's a little bit of both to be honest like i think it's some of it like you know somebody wants to have something to say it's like a, oh it's a comp style you know whatever build but they don't comp with it um and i yeah. also think that the comping has actually kind of you know, reemerged heavily because let's face it with everything that's been going on this last year, people still wanted to go out and run their cars, but you have to do it a little differently. And, and with comping, you're not having like five people follow each other through a trail. You're actually one person on course with like usually a judge and you're doing your lines and all that stuff. So I think it was, it was another, it was something that could come back where you could still go out and enjoy the hobby and kind of, you know, follow what was being, you know, asked to do during this time. And I think that's kind of why it's come back. I mean, so I think, I think it's a twofold. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, Elliot Chappelle says, what's SOR coming out with next? I replied to this herpes vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> I know I've been oh I guess I should say something. I I had been alluding to a release or five for the last little while now. And I'll I'll put you guys I'll give you guys some perspective as the issue I'm running into here. So um for our our EPX kit, we get these spacers and we've been buying them we've been buying them at a rate of like forty cents a piece. And we buy like 400 of them at a time. And we have to wait, you know, some time because like most hardware and stuff, you know, you have to kind of get it over the pond, right? So we, I, I'm impatient, so I don't like waiting for things. So I was like, all right, well, instead of relying on that, let's see if I can just go get it machined somewhere, right? Um, overdoing it a little bit, but I figured I can just get it, you know, a bunch of them done at once because our kit uses a lot of them. And so 400 disappears basically in one go. And so I reach out to this machine shop and as, as always, I try and keep it USA. So I reached out to this machine shop that a bunch of people recommended me and they came back with the quoting price on it of, I think under a thousand, it was something like $3 a piece. 
And it's just this little we're, M3 we're talking a little M3 spacer yeah. that's three millimeters wide. Like yeah. they're small, like very small. And we were we were we were in like the dollar fifty market for over a thousand. And so which is insane. Yeah, which is like thirty cents higher than like even like McMaster was, which was like a dollar twenty, and McMaster is usually pretty expensive. So yeah. I, you know, this is the thing that always gets me, you know, this is what I always say to people and people like, you know, a, a lot of companies, like I always try and keep stuff done in USA, but like companies like SSD, for example, I think all their stuff is done in China. Right. Yeah. And, you know, not to knock him, I, I can't really blame them because you know what, like this is the sort of trial and tribulation you have to go through to get anything done here in America because it's like three times the cost and there's always some nonsense. The machine shop that I have that has done all of our stuff has been really good. But like us, you know, he's just such a small company that I have to find other avenues sometimes if I can. So, you know, and that's the tough part. And that's like, I understand why these people like will just go to a factory in China and get it all made and they'll get it made for, you know, a third of the price and probably twice as quick. But, you know, you do it, you do what you got to do. Try and keep it here if I can. But goddamn, yeah. make it difficult. Yeah, that's, it's it's hard. I mean, we we want to, you know, keep it all in USA, but man, there's just sometimes that just doesn't. USA, <laughs> doesn't I mean, make sense. USA manufacturing just in general just does not make it easy. Like, there's just no yeah. other way to put it. Very true. So yeah, I don't know. So if yeah, that's that is essentially what I am still waiting on. The project has been done for a while. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff that's waiting in the wings and it's just waiting. I mean, we've got a lot of new products that we want to put out and we're just playing the waiting game. It happens to us too. People wait on us. We wait on other people. It's just the nature of how the world works. You yep. know, not not everyone is Amazon level of efficiency or staffing. It's no. How it is. As much as I try to be, you know, as much as, you know, if you order an EPX tonight, it's going to leave tomorrow sort of thing. But it's like, yeah, it's it's tricky. And sometimes, yeah, you need something, you just need it quoted, and it's, you know, been eight weeks, you know, and stuff. It's just that time stacks up, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't like it any more than anybody else does. Trust me. <laughs> That's always the thing yeah. that gets me. It's like it doesn't do me any good to have stuff not out or not in stock. Yeah, like it's not like our fault. It's funny when people get mad over that. It's like, no, like obviously we would like to have it to sell you. I mean, like we're a hundred percent about making money. So I quite you know. literally want nothing more to and to be able to fulfill your order. Yeah, like. exactly. Like that, that's really high on our list of yeah. <laughs> wants and needs which is great because like and now it's fine because like we have those in stock but it's like hey we're not gonna be a one-trick pony either yeah you know so i'm hoping that it unfortunately half the year is almost down now but i guess we're about a third in but i would like to get a couple more things out to everybody this year because it's just too cool to leave sitting yeah but yeah time will tell elliot obviously is uh rhetorically asking that question because all he has to do is go to my projects folder and find out what's coming elliot <laughs> you know he already knows no i know he's just playing around yeah um jeremy kim says what do you guys think the next innovation is going to be in the scale world electronics geometry and crawlers or something dramatically different that would be complete or that would completely have the consumers go completely what the hell i feel like we answered this like two weeks ago I think we did. A recent question, it sounds like. But 
to answer Jeremy's question, I don't know. <laughs> innovation, yeah, I know. innovation is a is a thrown around word. What do you got, Adam? Innovation, brass motors. Brass motors. <laughs> Why nice. not? There's brass servo horns now. Nice. Might as well do some brass motors. You know, for the guy who just wants to go all about the brass from wheels to to hexes to wheel weights to knuckles to diff covers to everything just brass brass the whole thing there was i won't say who or why but um i guess the why doesn't matter but um there was a individual who was working with a servo company on trying to get like brass or like at least weighted uh, plates that you could attach to it. So you would have parts of the, the, the servo housing milled out and then you would add weight to that. I remember this very vaguely, but there was something electronically that prevented that from actually happening. Like there was something about the servo itself in terms of how it functions that actually prevented that and made that not possible as far as I can recall, but I can't remember what well, it was exactly. Brass is softer than aluminum too. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for I a case, I guess it wouldn't matter, but I think it was something, I, yeah. like I said, it was something electronically was the problem. It wasn't the material itself. Like the way that it interacts with something, you know, you start getting stuff near certain metals. So, yeah, I don't know. I can't recall what the issue was there. But, yeah, nothing ever came of that. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm sure if we're probably not far away from someone doing a brass ESC housing and brass, you know, someone's going to come out with a brass burgie or something. I don't know. All I know <laughs> is I want credit where credit's due when it comes out. You know, you heard it here first. Brass motors? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but then people will get all hot and bothered because then it's all it's brass up high. Then people will just well, complain. it's to counteract the too much brass down low that they have. Yeah, that, yeah, that's you know, I I think I probably bitched about this already, but that's my favorite thing is that people have approached the the CG concept with crawling by just shifting your CG by adding so much weight to the bottom of the car that your center of gravity changes instead of ever touching like anything else like let's just add so much weight that it'll just offset it instead and the thing i mean heavy rigs work good in some situations but also i mean when you're in a situation where you're trying to float a wheel over a crevice or something or you know and you've got nothing but just air underneath it like that shit's gonna drop down pretty fast you know and take the rest of the car with it unless you have so much weight to you know counter it on the other side of the rig like i mean it's much easier to have something that's reasonably lightweight that will carry a wheel across because you know it's not a pound of yeah. weight hanging off the end of it you know and then you got durability issues and wear and tear on stuff i mean it's like people i've i see people complaining about the element ring and pinion gears stripping out and stuff and i've never had that happen but i also think it's because you know these smaller ar44 style housings like what element and axial use and stuff like that like the the ring and pinion are a lot smaller than they were in the first generation scx stuff and 
you know, you have so much weight that that motor and drivetrain is trying to push around that, you know, it, it builds heat, it wears on stuff. I mean, you go to punch a, you know, pound and a half rig that's half brass and like, yeah, you're going to start breaking gears and things like that because that's a lot of goddamn weight for that little tiny brush motor to try and push around. So it just, I don't know, it's silly. And I've said it before, just adding a shit ton of brass to stuff. It's just a bandaid for a really poor setup. Um, you know, I, there, there are good applications for brass. I don't want anybody to think that we just hate on it to hate on it, but like it's people go crazy with it and spend so much more. Like this is the big thing for me. People spend so much more money on brass and all of the brass accessories to get what they think they need that they could largely accomplish by just, you know, spending probably a quarter of what they did with some well thought out weight, um, like at like right on the wheel and then just actually tuning in your suspension and your geometry. Yep. The amount of, that you will accomplish with that and spend like next to nothing in comparison. And you know what? You break so much less doing that too because now you aren't fearing that something's going to snap every time that you, you know, tip over the car and it has to go for a roll or something. Because it happens, you know, people screw oh, up yeah. and they crash and shit breaks. But, you know, like when you have stuff hanging off the end of the axle like that, then, yeah, I mean, then you expect to happen a lot of weight and a lot of leverage against something that's doesn't have the structure there to try and withhold impacts like that i don't know i i use either stainless or brass wheel weights and that's really about it i haven't gone nuts on weight on anything but the moon buggy the only reason i did is because real moon buggies are incredibly heavy and the wheels are the wheels and tires on them are like just insanely heavy i forget what randall had said it was something in the neighborhoods of like a couple hundred pounds for one of the tires and wheels it's on pretty penny like just absurdly heavy and so i had done on my moon buggy i did brass wheel weights i did ssds brass uh inner clamp ring for the beadlocks and then I did brass C-hubs so that, you know, because I was prepared to start breaking stuff when I went that heavy, you know. And so I did brass C-hubs and that was it. And I mean, it's heavy, but it's not overboard. You know, I didn't, you know, go nuts with, you know, a bunch of brass all over the place. I just did it in the wheels and that one, you know, the steering knuckles for a little bit of structural rigidity there. And that was really about it. I mean, everything else, I just, you know will run wheel weights and I have a couple sets that don't even have wheel weights in case I want to, you know, play around with a lighter setup and see how it performs. So, yeah. Yeah. Most of my brass has always just been like, I think I've added a little bit in like the wheel hexes. Like, you know, I get the brass wheel hexes just to give a little extra weight down at the bottom. Um, and that's really about it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've added anything else. The only the only other car that I would consider that's kind of heavily brassed is uh, the Can-Am, the Yeti Jr. Oh, really? Well, that's only because Axial made all those hoppo parts out of brass. They did? I thought they were aluminum. Were they aluminum? I thought, I thought they were. I don't know. Maybe I'm having them confused with brass because of the way they, the color they anodized them. Could be. They had that kind of goldy green. Color. Yeah, they're like, well, maybe that's what it was. Okay, I, I um, 
I, uh, what does it retract my statement? Does that work? What? I don't retracting a statement. I don't think that works. I think once you said it, it's there. No. Okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know. I, I want, that's, that's kind of a funny thing you bring up because like people say, oh, okay, I take that back then. It's like, well, how? You said it like you can't unsay it. Yep. Yeah. Um. Sean Russin asks, "What do you think of a skilled desert truck race?" Oh, I guess we never actually answered Jeremy Kim's question, did we? What we just got—I don't think we, we know. Just, we just went on a brass <laughs> rant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was my answer. Yeah, I know that was your answer. We didn't come up with any. Um. Well, I'll put it this way: if I could think of one, I'd probably be selling it. Oh, there you go. So there we go. All right. Um, yeah, Sean Rustin says, what do you think of a scaled desert truck race? 40 minutes, two drivers, two pack changes, and one uh, tire change each driver. I think the way the pulled off is a three-man team. Drivers turn Marshall for each other, and you have a pit guy doing the packs and the tire change. I love that idea. That's a good idea. I it's a great idea. The, pro- the problem is you got to have the space for it, and you got to yeah. have like So it's going to have to be at some sort of a track and um or some outdoor area that people can easily turn into a track um but other than that it'd be fun i mean it kind of reminds well you're 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 trying to accomplish kind of like what they do in you know king of the hammers so mm-hmm. um i i think that's that's cool um kind of like i said reminds me of that similar i think i've mentioned it before too like where if you did like a scale event where like if you had a jerry can on your um rig that meant you had you were good for one battery change or whatever you know and Mm. um kind of reminds me of that same kind of feeling you know i guess i never talked about it on here i never talked about my uh my scale king of the hammers idea but this is it's a really good idea this is like well i mean it's very similar to this with the exception of that it was supposed to be three hours not 40 minutes but which I'm so down for. I think that'd be a great time. Yeah, I think that'd be Some, awesome. Somebody should finish your Bronco so that you could do that. Well, it, it's the proper application for that IFS Bronco gatekeeper. So yeah. like, I think that that would be super cool to run that in an event. But yeah, then just facilitating it is a whole other thing for sure, and making sure that the course is actually up to par. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Chris Trudeau, uh, GCM dropped a new limited edition truck. Thoughts? And still waiting for a call to be a repeat guest. I'm going to have to look that car up. I had no clue. I saw a picture, but I I thought it was a chassis. I didn't know it was a whole car. I don't know. They make rad stuff, so I'm sure it's awesome. I'm not familiar with GCM. Canadian company. It's the Canadian company. That's why I don't pay attention to it. They do a lot of hard body and like front motor mounts and stuff so that you can run like oh. hard bodies and have space for an interior and stuff. They make really neat stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't make neat stuff. I just don't pay too much attention to them because typically it's like, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, like if they reached out and had like a few more, you know, like American based, you know, like let's put it this way, like, um, YouTubers, you know, that actually talked about it, 
I think it would get a little more traction or if you had somebody like more US influencers. But the problem is I always see it based, you know, like um, what's his name? Uh, Scale Builders Guild, always, you know, he'll talk about GCM. Uh, the one dude that that retired, act, well, he says he retired, uh, Medic, um, another Canadian YouTuber, he always GCM. But Whoa. yeah. This is... These are uh, these are expensive. Expensive, yeah. I was just looking at this ultimate leaf spring seventy nine kit, three hundred and eighty two dollars. God damn. Well, they've got an RTR that's two thousand nine hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. Where is this? C Max True North Edition, number four of five. So it's very limited edition. Oh, I see. But it's sick though. Like it is like super, super sick looking. I mean, no doubt the stuff is cool for sure. I wonder if he's talking about the um, C Max too. I don't know because I'm seeing in the. I don't know. I can't tell. Their website's actually pretty hard to navigate. The C Max two one is what I'm looking at right now. True North Edition. Yeah, go to store products and then there's like GMC or GCM chassis factory built, C Max 2 built. Maybe like they have it. Maybe it is maybe he's referring to that limited edition one. Factory built slider chassis pre order eight hundred ninety seven. I mean but I just, I... it's got like a CNC aluminum like scale transmission and transfer are case. Those I mean, 3D printed axles and caster blocks. They are. Are they 3D printed? They, they sure look, look, they look 3D. Sick, they look like Shapeways 3D printed. Interesting. That is fascinating. What is it? Let me. I need to read it. Oh yeah. Scale center drive shaft Shapeways store has several items you can add. I guess I should read um, it, shouldn't I? interesting this is for like pretty serious scale comp guys too oh, that's 897 canadian what is that worth in the u.s oh they are they're nylon i don't know if it's 3d printed nylon but they're nylon yeah i mean looking, okay. looking at so it, it looks so what are you supposed to look under the the c-max the new standards and scale where are you looking at all that stuff I'm going to store products and then yeah. it, there's another drop down menu that's GM, GCM chassis, factory built, C Max 2 chassis, Delta huh. chassis. Are you on the Canadian one? Is that why? Just their main one. That's still $730 in the US. Some people pay it. I mean, all this stuff looks really, really Yeah, no, nice. you're on the no, you're on the Canadian one. That's why, because I was on the USA one. The USA like... one doesn't that's like in VS410 territory, isn't it? Isn't that what the VS410 store price is? Is something like 700 I think. Or am I, I thinking know. of the wrong I car? I thought that one was pretty expensive because I'm looking at this as like, is this vs I only remember territory? our price on it. I never remember. I mean, it's been so long since I've looked at that listing, so some people might hear that and go, what the hell? But um, 749 still looks okay, like. So the, I mean, that's for the one without portals. $20 difference. I don't know. I'm there's something I'm missing here. 
because that's really it, expensive. I think you're right about it being 3D printed because I'm looking at the C hubs. Oh, no, and if, I see if you the... look at it and look at the texture of the plastic, it's 100%. Yeah, well, yeah I, I saw that, but like the C hubs, I can see the striation marks really, really yeah. well. I mean, that, that can't hold up. So I've tried using, I've tried using like even just Shapeways plastic, that sort of same plastic as like battery mounts and race cars and they haven't held up. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That was the other thing I forgot to mention. These guys are like really specialized in short wheelbase stuff, like two door Jeeps and stuff. I don't know. Look, looks neat. I just not super familiar with it. I mean, I, I hear it or not here i guess i should say i i see it mentioned time to time on facebook the stuff's cool don't get me wrong i am just i i have to be completely honest i am not seeing i'm not understanding the price it's probably because of shapeways for the axles well, they're probably 500 but bucks. Even, i mean even this skill trans kit granted that's their own transmission but like all of that they're, and then you get you know one sort of machined you know end bit for the bumpers and then you get 3d printed um what are, uh, rock sliders that are just um, one flat piece and it's 235 dollars yeah i'm seeing their trans and transfer cases 235 canadian oh is that canadian i was on i thought i was on the u.s site now I couldn't get any products to come up on the USA one. It oh. just, oh wait, there it is, web store link. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got the products to come up on the USA one. They just weren't the same. It just Whoa. wasn't the same drop. Okay, here's it. Here, I'll share my image on the call. Shit, one. it's still 182 US. That's still a lot. I mean, like I said, it's. A, I mean, that's. I, I guess a fairly decent quality like transmission machining. It's it's rad. I mean, it just it makes me wonder like if the SSD or. So check this out. Look at you guys' screens like real fast. Right. I'm sharing mine. Let me know if you can see it. Why can I not see it? I can see it. What is that? So what am a, I looking at? It is a. It's basically their like scale bumper mount or something. You oh, I see. Slide into it, the yeah. C channel. Guess how much that is. No idea. Hundred bucks. <laughs> no, no, not a hundred, but like uh, twenty six. Huh. Oh. For these, for these enforcers. Kind of a lot for what you're getting. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, that's really quick. I can't be, is I mean, that can't be anything cost-wise to machine. Like, they, that can't cost them anything. Is it brass? No. <laughs> no. For 2675. Adam, huge. Yeah. I, I totally don't mean to, like, just rip on these guys, but I'm not. Unless no, it, no, no. Unless there's something with the whole, can, you know, with them being in Canada, and maybe there's like an export issue or whatever. But I mean, damn, this stuff's expensive. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess that that's those are our thoughts, Chris. They're expensive. Cool, but expensive. Yeah, yeah, pretty neat. Um, someone shared. God, who was it? I'd have to go back to the old post, but from last week, someone shared us a, a site that I didn't really look at till after the fact. I still need to look at more. Um, that this reminds me of uh, Weasel, Weasel Motorsports. Oh yeah, yeah. That that yep. to me is like if you're gonna go like all in on just making whatever you want for scale cars. Like I was looking at this guy's stuff, and it's pretty dialed. That's like yeah, huh. he's not messing around. No, I recommend giving this guy a look. Just 
looking around because this guy's stuff's pretty cool. It's very like very rugged, yeah, you know, like, like very. Craftsmanship's sick. Yeah, this is definitely like a craftsmanship. And who is it? I don't know. It's, it's Weasel Motorsports. I don't know anybody who, behind it. I don't know who it is. Someone just recommended them in our in our last week's post. I think Dan Sutherland did. Yeah, but the, it, the dude's so, dad used to desert race. Right. So right. is that? Do you, are we searching that on Facebook or on a web store? Facebook. I haven't seen his web store. I have no idea oh, how much yeah. any of it costs. But I was just looking at that. Looking at that that site we were just looking at uh, GCM just reminded me of this guy because I meant to talk about this more and I, I uh, haven't looked. I like his little Photoshop thing of him leaning against yeah, the cool. chassis. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Um, let's yeah, see. his stuff is freaking rad. Yeah. Wow. Really cool. He's not that far away from me. Trailing arms are dope, dude. I wonder what those are made out of. They look great. They do look really good. Upper shock mounts look cool. Basically, all of it's cool. He's got twin I-beam suspension up front. <laughs> so that sick. looks bitching. Yeah, this, this thing's badass, dude. Like, he is making some good stuff. Yeah, that's a work of art. Okay, so you know what? I would actually say now, so who had the question about a scale sand rail? Uh, that was... Oh God, uh, Ziggy board enemy. So, hit up Weasel Motorsports. <laughs> yeah, I even see an ultra an ultra four car here that he built too. That looks really good. This guy looks like he could build it for you, no problem. Yeah, that's yeah, probably definitely. Well, Andre just did one too that was like slash based not too long ago. Oh, I, did he? It, it's not all like scaled out yet or anything, but oh. it looks really promising. So he's been big into like the sand drags and stuff lately he was telling me about interesting i didn't catch that which brad went i i didn't ask how he did but brad went and did one of them and uh he used his enduro pre-runner and he put the dr10 electronics in it oh god well and, it's actually sand drags <laughs> pretty cool so it's actually pretty funny i'm looking at one one of these twin i-beam things that he did He's got a scale metal supply thing in the center of it. It's got the little cutout on it. Oh, wow. So he networks with uh, Andre. That's cool. It might as well, right? Yeah. Um, moving on. Eric Warren. <laughs> Maybe no one cares, but what the hell is going on with Traxxas? It seems, as of, it seems as of late they can't send anything out to fill orders at your local hobby shop. TRX4s are in many styles, backordered. Even their bashers are hard to come by. On the bright side, Horizon is filling Axial and Element on a very consistent basis. Okay, rant over. Great show, guys. Thanks, Eric. Uh, Thanks. Dan said it's something. It's that way everywhere, me. dude. It's like, bad It's just right been now. like... I, yeah, I, I said this. I said, and it's going to get worse. Um, Dan said that he's hearing it's a. Dan Sutherland replied to that he says he's hearing it's a plastic shortage. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's like I said, it's getting progressively worse. Like I, I think I said this earlier. Come like August, September, like good luck getting any electronics. It's gonna so be. Gnarly. It's gonna be tough. Um. And then he also said, when will local hobby shops see crawler tires? Uh, Proline has been hard to get. Pitbull the same. RC four-wheel drive, not much better. He works at, he, he works at RC, um, RC Excitement, right? Yeah. Okay. I was confused. I, I don't know. I look on A-Main and like I, 
I haven't noticed a big tire shortage. I wonder if it's just maybe I'm, maybe I'm not looking hard enough. I've I've ordered tires directly from RC Four Wheel Drive and gotten them. Maybe the local that were on maybe the hobby shops are just not getting them. Then I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this issue, but this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, um, I don't know. Let me look. Pitbull Tires, a main has all Pitbull Tires in stock. Nothing on back order, looks like. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I this is kind of the first I've heard of it. I mean, I know that some of this stuff is difficult to get, but let me see. Proline, um, looks like everything's in stock at Proline or with uh, Proline and A Main. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is then. Yeah, then I don't know. RC, I'm checking RC four wheel drive now um mudslingers are on back order rock creeper one inch are on back order yeah a lot of the micro 24 scale stuff is on back order everywhere because they're popular but yeah huh i don't know man i don't have a good answer for that yeah no idea well, hopefully they solve it for you guys soon yeah all right. Um, that's all the questions we had. It. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll check Instagram in a second. Um, oh, Instagram. It's funny. Um, Andre just sent me the Compass 1.9 scale tires. They look like the Toyo Open Country Mud Trains. Those are the ones I was talking about. Oh, I, oh rad. I have the Instagram questions up. Okay. I forgot I can see it on the uh, the Facebook thing. That's cool. Just now I'm figuring I saw... Out a very off-brand um 2.2 tire today on one of the axial rift pages that looked badass yeah so i don't know i think they're kind of neat that'd be kind of cool to try seems like two twos are kind of making a comeback now that the rift is out still haven't broke anything on ours brett hasn't broken anything on his so I think it just comes down to their intended use is what I think people are having issues with. Oh yeah. Um, at J King RC, he says, what is one new thing that you've seen come out that you didn't know you needed? That's a terrible question for me. Cause I want everything, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Jay wants all the brass. No, no, I don't. <laughs> We're doing a Tekken themed monster truck build though right now that'll have some of our parts in the future on it. They are. It's kind of waiting nice. in the wings. Yeah, you and I talked about it. I don't remember that. That's cool though. One of our one of our calls. Oh. Yeah, Gravedigger SMT10. Yeah, it's a total blank. I don't remember this at all. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was one of our calls, FaceTime. But yeah, so I don't know. I've been perusing monster truck stuff here lately, looking at all the different things. Is It's been kind of fun, and I feel like I need all of it. Debit yeah. card says no, though. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Yeah, I've got nothing to contribute to that. I can't answer it. Me neither. <laughs> Um, he also asked, I don't know. It's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I don't know. Like 
SSD has some new wheels that we talked about last episode that are look like the Innovate wheels that are really neat. That's probably the last thing I saw that I was like, God damn, I really, really want those. I don't well, to be honest, the only last thing I've kind of said and I'm like on the fence about getting now is those uh, Mickey Thompson Baja Pro tires. The X's? The X's. Dude, I – oh, okay, so – We've got, we have a couple different projects going. One of them I haven't even told Travis about yet, but um, the comp, my EPX like comp style build truck that I have that I put the Proline cliffhanger on. Last night I mounted up um, the Mickey Thompson tires on the SSD TRD looking wheels for that truck. Oh my God, does it look cool! They look so mean. I, I had those tires on my 1.9 Havoc build that I did, but since we're not going forward with that, that thing is turning into something else. And so I robbed the tires off of it and put them on my comp truck. And they look pretty sick, dude. I would definitely suggest getting some if you have the chance. The compound feels rad. Like I'm excited to try crawling with them because I, I really think that the compound is going to be very, very good. Oh, and also huge shout out to Manny Butler at Lit LED. I messaged him like yesterday or the day before. I don't even remember. And the rock light showed up today, like just absurdly fast. So that was pretty cool. And of course, they're bright as hell and awesome quality and stuff. So again, thank you, Manny, very, very much for awesome service. There you go. I think we we know like how hard stuff is like running a business and so when something like that happens like I'm just super like appreciative of it because I know none of it's easy. Yeah. Nah, not for sure. So Yeah, I like his rock lights a lot. They're pretty cool. I hear a lot of good things about that guy in that place. Uh, yeah, he's everywhere. Like the drag racing, everything. Yeah, everybody like uses his stuff. Yeah, which is cool. That's great for him. He also asked uh, if you have to choose, would you rather have a box stock new rig or a custom built used rig? I don't think I'd ever buy something already built by somebody else unless it was, unless it was just mind blowing, just because I like doing all the detail work and everything so much on them that. I think I'd probably pick the new rig. Yeah. I like doing stuff myself my own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I have no problem with RTRs. Like, everybody's like, oh, kid, RTR, stupid. But honestly, I think RTRs anymore are freaking awesome. And there's really, I mean, you're getting so much now with all the RTRs, like metal links and stuff with axial and element both. I mean, like the list of upgrades and differences between the kit version and RTR now is just making it to where it's a pretty difficult choice because you can't go wrong either way, really. I think for new people, kits are kind of a good idea because they can learn about their car and like why things are the way they are on it and stuff you know like i think it's a good learning process to like know your car inside and out 
So I think kit builds are pretty good. Maybe for like a second rig for somebody, maybe getting them into the hobby with a RTR is like the first thing. And then like a kit build should be second thing so that they can become educated on it. Yeah. Um, RC Amigos, I want to know more about Havoc RC. Will there ever be more than one race? What about a kid's class? There won't even be one race. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I know we haven't really talked about or anything, so. Yeah. It's... Nope. Ha Havoc got shelved. It's not happening. Um, we needed more done than we had the hands to help make happen. So it's not happening. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Zach the Ripper says thoughts on an all-terrain tire class at comps. Think that would be interesting enough to try. I feel like that's what class one should be anyways. Exactly. <laughs> like class one and class zero. I think that class zero BFG crawlers is like the silliest thing ever because what rig would have like 32 inch crawlers on it? You know what I mean? Like just I don't know. I think it's dumb. I, I think that class one should maybe go a little bigger than 4.19 because there's a few tires that would be fantastic. Like, honestly, I think Proline should have done the BFG all terrains in a 4.19 or a class zero versus doing the mud terrains or the crawlers. Like, it's just those two. The mud trains kind of, but like the crawlers just make no sense for class zero. The all terrain would have been sick in a class zero size. So I don't know. I, it would be neat to see class one have, you know, some tires that are maybe 4.5 and under instead of 4.19 so that you could have things in that class, like the proline all terrains that probably aren't like people's first choice normally, you know, cause they, don't really fit in any category they're too big for class one they're too small and not aggressive enough for class two so i don't know but i i don't see change happening anytime soon with sorka and changing any of that but i think it's a great idea it's a shame actually do i even really want to get on the soapbox well. I, I guess it's a it's a shame that like especially for someone like me who's not like a hardcore like crawler or like really cares too much about like I just like going places and having fun. I I raced in I raced in rule dictated things my entire life. And so I I hate I hate the concept of Sorka maybe even more than just Sorka, but at the same time like I I wish that there was like just a more open like new enthusiast friendly alternative that was like widely accepted because like people follow Sorka honestly in my opinion because it's the only thing anybody knows you know there's not anything else um, out there that has like really been established and to be fair that's really hard to do because you know with those sorts of organizations or rule sets there tends to be just well, we one. We tried that. I mean, we tried to do a new, more relaxed rule set that didn't focus as heavy on scale points and stuff, and it got absolutely trashed by people online. So they're 
pretty resistant to change <laughs> yeah. that that effort was made you know dan davidson and mike kirby and myself tried to come up with a different rule set and it ended up being what sorka light is now which is just another pointless thing so <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you and I have the same bitch about Sorka though, kinda. It's I mean, it's the same reason I complain about Roar. It's just unnecessary. Well, with Sorka, what makes me angry is not angry, that's a dumb word to use. Um <laughs> it's not a scale comp. Like it's such bullshit. Like class three, whatever, I get it, you know, like and this is something Kaika and I talked about a while back, but Class three, we feel should have been like moon buggies and capras and stuff like that, not four wheel steering 2.2 rigs with teeny little bodies and flat rail chassis. Like, basically, every LCG chassis out there is a twin vertical plate chassis, it's just stretched out. It's exactly what comp crawlers use, it's the same concept, it's the same idea, it's just shaped differently. And class two rigs now don't even look scaled not even remotely you know like it just there's nothing scale about scale comps anymore and that really bothers me especially with class one because now they allow the flat rail chassis in class one you just have to have bolt-on shock towers so what's everybody doing flat metal laser cut bolted on shock towers on a flat rail chassis and that happens to tick all the boxes you know it's like everybody looks for those gray areas in the rules so much and like exactly like what they can get away with which you is know? like always and going to be a thing you know and that's the thing like it's hard to fault people for that is. in particular because people are always going to try and find a way to just get that little extra bit into the gray area if it helps them you know yeah but like that took away any and all appeal yeah. to even do class one you know, like I, I, I wouldn't mind doing class one because the rigs are, you know, pretty scale looking, but it's gotten to the point now where it's okay. It's just like class two, but smaller, mm -hmm. you know, like it just seems stupid. Like, and people build the rigs to where they're following the rule book. So it's like you have an external cage or an internal cage. Well, they'll make it out of copper tubing and solder it and just leave it. It's not painted. It doesn't look good. You know, it's just like, well, there's a cage in there. So I get points for that now. Like it's just such half-assed stupidity that they, I, I just, I don't know. I, why even call it a scale comp at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I, I, I had this like really half-hearted idea while you're, while we were having this discussion, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe I can come up with a relaxed alternative. And then I was like, you know what? I think it's just more fun to just not have rules at all. You know, if you want to go do a it's trail, more fun to just not do. Comps. If you want to go do it like a trail run somewhere, go do a comp. I mean, yeah, for me, I don't like doing comps, but like if that's your thing or whatever, and you've got like a little group or whatever like that, like screw Sorka, like just do it the way you guys want to do it. You know, I, which is what we did, but it was like just hammered on by so many other oh, groups yeah. and so much resistance. You know, it's not a real comp. It's like okay, yeah, Mister Hardcore Comp Guy. Like I, I don't know. It's just. I, I like to drive. I'm into, I mean, building is fun too, but like ultimately I like to drive RC cars. I'm not interested in standing in line for an hour and a half to do two sub 10 minute runs. Like that doesn't sound fun. Like just standing around the majority of the day waiting for your turn is super dumb to me. Like yeah. it just doesn't sound fun. I want to be driving, you know, like that's, that's what I'm there to do. And, 
you know, I'm not going to stand in line to get beat by somebody who did some really half-assed cheesy looking build, but it happened to, you know, get the scale points for it because, well, technically, you know, it's, it's there, you know, and it's just (laughs) dumb. Yeah. It was like dudes making cardboard seats and shit so that they'd get scale points for seats. Like, come on, you know, or like throwing a little Halloween skeleton in it as an action figure so you can get points for having a driver figure, but it's a little skeleton that doesn't weigh anything and that counts as your drive. You you see what I'm getting at here? Like, it's all just such like gray area bullshit that it just why even bother it's so dumb at so that if point I, took, uh, I mean if 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 you're into it and you like it cool but like i i just can't get behind something like that it's just so half-assed and dumb under could i get scale points if i took the wheels off my rig and put it on cinder blocks like scale cinder blocks you could you should get scale points for your pit setup <laughs> so show up with show up with your scale garage no wheels on your car and yeah <laughs> there you go Oh, cool. Um, yeah, did we have anything to close with? Because we just hit, like, the hour 20 mark. So. Oh, wow. That went by pretty quick, actually. Well, we've trashed Sorka. What else have we trashed tonight? Um, <laughs> GCN. Uh, yeah, but I want to, <laughs> just to clarify again, GCM stuff is really cool. It's just expensive, and I'm not educated in it. But yeah, if someone, not, If I, someone understands at all please reach out to me and let me know why it's so expensive the stuff is cool i just don't understand why it's the price point it is and it's a, well and you know it could be a demand thing too you know i, I can't imagine I, them it, selling hundreds it, of anything it, you know what i mean yeah it, well i mean yes yes but also like you know i i this is for I, we'll never finish if i if i get on this so i'll talk about it a different time <laughs> but yeah, I, I it it could be just down to they're in Canada too, and they've got a you know I, I imagine most of their customers are going to be in the U.S. and there's not many customers in Canada. I'm guessing, <laughs> just just be real. So, well, I I think a lot of it too is just their stuff is so specialized. It'd be hard to get any good pricing on quantity. Well, yeah, I, mean, so I just don't think. I mean, because they don't have mainstream hobby shop distribution. Well, here. you think like- I'm looking at the stuff that too, you think that that's that what I'm looking at there is stuff that like people would be making almost on their own. I don't mean that. Like, I, I don't mean that as like a negative point, but I mean, like it, it seems very like this is very like sort of craftsman machining at a, like a hobby level sort of thing. Like it, I can't imagine that this dude's just sourcing everything out, trying to like streamline the supply chain just because to me, it doesn't give off that vibe. Like to me, they kind of look like sort of passion project, like garage things where this is a guy just wanted to kind of make something happen, which is rad. So that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out. Like if it is that, and then if he is having to kind of cut everything himself, and then if that's the case, then I can kind of see where he's coming from, from the price point standpoint. Um, maybe we should reach out to him and ask him if he wants to come on the show. I'd be, re- yeah, I'd be really curious to talk to this guy. Cause there's a lot of like unknown that I would love to. Yeah. Understand. There's gotta be a story behind a lot of this stuff and, yeah. and it's cool stuff. I mean, I, I would definitely like to hear about it. Yeah. If, like, any, if anybody what? knows this guy or we can reach out to him too, but if anybody knows this guy, like tell him to get a hold of us or we can get a hold of him. Cause I would be really fascinated to talk to him more in depth about this on the show. If that's something somebody's like, anybody's interested in listening. Cause I think that'd be kind of cool. 
Especially since I guess sort sure. of the nature of the builds, I guess I'm probably not too far away from where he's at in terms of yeah process. True. No, I think that'd be a fun conversation. I'd like to learn more about the stuff that he offers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be down. Cool. I know people want to guest again, so we'll do that, and then we'll have to get Chris Trudeau back on at some point. I know he's well, been asking. The funny thing, if I'm not mistaken, about GCM being the fact that they are um, Canadian was they did have a running joke, sort of. One of their parts was called the Moose Knuckle. Oh, funny. Oh, really? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. That was like a long time ago. Let's see if I can That's find bold. anything on it. Ah, nothing. All right. That's oh, too bad. Moose knuckle scale portal axles. There you go. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Is he related at all to like Mad Moose RC? Looks kind of similar. Actually, it looks exactly the same. I wonder if this is him. You kind of appreciate how he's just sort of owned the Canadian identity. That is pretty great. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I'll have to look at that a different time. But pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll have to set that up. That could be fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, gang. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. There's only – hold on. One other thing I would like to add, because only because, uh, yeah, we're ending it. Um, yes. Andre has just released the angled, um, I guess, uh, bend and braze your do-it-yourself bumpers. Um, I got a set. It's super narrow. Um, and then, uh, well, the front one is the rear isn't, I'm wondering if I shouldn't like offer one up to a listener or something like that. If, if they have use for it, it's a four inch wide bumper. I mean, it's super narrow. But, um, yeah, I'm waiting on, he's, I'm working with him on, making one that'll fit the front of the um, JLU. So uh, hopefully getting that soon. Um, but yeah, so I just want to make that, uh, you know, point that out. Nice. So anywho, carry on with your outro. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, there we go. Yeah, thanks everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Most likely. <laughs>